All right, welcome to episode 78 of the Natural Hattrick Podcast, alongside Jamie Eisner and Craig Morgan. I'm Luke Lipinski. Craig is uh, pleased with himself today. Uh, We're you, pleased with the Blackhawks. Well, we'll get to that. I told you I'm not going to be subtle. No, it's the first words you said. Do you, do you feel any sort of remorse that you were the one that pushed Eric Carlson to play more defense and now he's hurt because he blocked the shot? Uh, uh, no. This is not the face of a remorseful man for the people that are just listening and not watching on the webcams we don't have installed. No, uh, and also one, uh, this is the face of a man who might actually vote for said defenseman to win the, uh, to win the Norris. This yeah. is possibly the... This is a game-changing moment. This really, this really is. is. This is really a... Anyone who is listening seismic to this podcast shift. for even whether it's one episode or seventy-eight episodes, yeah, this is a seismic shift. I don't want to engage in hyperbole, but is this the biggest news story ever? Like for you to to go from? Oh, I thought you meant Carlson being hurt. No, no, no. Oh. <laughs> so you, you potentially voting for Carlson for the Norris? I mean, well, part of it is Brett Burns retired. Br- like, say, so yeah, Brett Burns is taking the last twenty games yeah. of the season off, so he's. I think he's five points back of him now. Yeah, Which is crazy. There was a point where it was just this void between Brent Burns and everybody else. There's a point where Brent Burns was the MVP of the league. Right. And we were talking about it on this show probably um, a month ago. Yeah, and I mean, this goes back to my earlier point that I just keep making over and over again. This is why the MVP is not decided until the end of the regular season. You know what's great about not talking into a standing mic like you? I can walk the Munchkins over to Jamie because I can see he wants more Munchkins. That's true. We have Dunkin' Munchkins today, by the way, on the podcast. We do, and there are a couple coffee. thoughts about that. Uh, one is there are jelly-filled ones that I did not realize until I just, I was, I got one bite in and it was fine. There was no, no You don't jelly like jelly-filled? It's all right. Not yeah. my favorite. Not I'm not sure favorite. what that is, really. It's not jelly. It's, I'm yeah, pretty so, sure it's not jelly. Yeah, it's like I don't want to know what the, the ground beef at Taco Bell is because no. I, I just know, again, I know that if I'm going to spend 50 cents on this taco, I'm probably not going to be getting the, the grade A USDA choice ground beef. Yeah, there any meal for less than a dollar is always risky. Craig, you missed it because Jamie bit into the jelly one and was clearly not ready for that jelly. No. And that's mm. why wow. we both have Beyonce stuck in our head right now. Okay. So you, you were smart enough to get out of the room at that point. But no. uh, segueing back to what I was talking Well, you know what? Actually, since we're on the topic, Dunkin' Donuts or Tim Hortons? Well, it's- I don't want to make this a patriotic podcast, but... No, it's, we're, just, we're just stating facts. It's here. not even close. That's yeah. the thing. It's not even close. Dunkin' Donuts, so much better than Tim Hortons. Really? Yeah. Okay. It's not, it's not even a contest for me. I don't, even, I don't even think about it. It's like... I think about it a lot. It's like In-N-Out versus Carl's Jr. to oh, me. come on. No. That's ridiculous. Sorry. So let's not bring In-N-Out down to Carl's Jr.'s level. I'm assuming okay. you were going on the In-N-Out side of that, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, that's, Has anyone ever, ever brought up Hardee's or Carl's Jr. in the positive sense? Uh, they ever come out like, yeah, you know, Willie. If I a, remember well, Carl's Jr. is closed, so I think I'll just go eat out of, I don't know, a trash can. I was going to say, I <laughs> can see the word dumpster coming out of Jamie's okay. mouth. Okay. See, but I, I remember having my first Tim bits and thinking, these aren't very good. Oh, oh, there's a lot of hype no, for nothing. No, it was really, it was yeah. so much hype. You're going too far the other direction. Tim bits are great. I just think that the Dunkin' Donuts munchkin offering So I'm not going to get the clothes out of you now? That you delivered off the air? No, you're not going to because I'm not. I'm not anti. Luke's best material always comes off the air. Oh yeah, no, that's I don't. I'm not, I'm not saying it's a lack of courage that factors into that, but well, when it was off the air, it was organic. Now I feel like I'm being forced to say it. It's just it's not. <laughs> fair it's not point. Real. That's a fair point. Uh, also, I was trying to talk about hockey, and you guys completely right. derailed. You me. go ahead while I reach in and get another munchkin. With your delicious treats. Mm-hmm. Do you want to just get the Blackhawks stuff out of the way? Do we even need to talk They're about good. the Blackhawks anymore? Yeah, they're good. I was wrong. 
they're going to be in the Stanley Cup. Nothing has changed except the West well, is horrible. Actually, something has changed. And <laughs> I think Greg wanted to bring this up about we talked the big concern that Craig and I both had early in the season was that all their underlying numbers were not matching what they were in the years where they've been a dominant team, and that has slowly but surely over the season started to shift. And I would just like to intercede that at the time I said that will get better as the year goes on, the rest of the West will fall off, and they'll hit their stride going right into the playoffs. No, I thought it would get better. Yeah, I thought it would get better. Joel Quinville kind of knows what he's doing behind the bench, but to to take that big a leap with the the amount of youth that they inserted into the lineup, kind of surprising to me. if you guys want to see a great breakdown of this, go to TSN and read Travis Yeo's story on the Blackhawks where he, where he looks inside those numbers, looks inside their, their possession numbers and, and what the young players have done over the first half of the season versus the second, really what the whole lineup has done. It really is remarkable, the, the about-face that they've done in the second half of the season. And that win over Pittsburgh was sort of the yeah, exclamation point on this whole thing. Um, Patrick Kane with two ridiculous passes last night, by the way. The behind the back to Artemi Panarin. I saw this after I got home from the Black of the Coyotes game, by the way. In that touch pass through the neutral zone while moving, so, like he touched it with the toe of his stick while moving, changed direction, put it right on the tape for Marcus Kruger, who went in and scored. That's, those are two just ridiculous assists. I hated every second of it, but I didn't watch it yeah. because it was also at the Coyotes game and didn't feel the need to watch the highlights. Uh, I will say two things about that game. Well, it's going to branch off into 75 other things. Are these excuses? Yeah. No, first okay. I'll, I'll start with the Penguins. Well, shocking. The first one could be an excuse. They were missing eight of their regulars. Yes. Okay, yeah, that's called the Penguins in March. Well, we know we know this happens. It's every year. That goes to my next point. Uh, I think Pittsburgh beats anybody they play in a playoff series except Chicago, Washington, unless it's the first round, or Columbus. So I think Pittsburgh's done in the first round mm. because – you can't be missing all of these players, and I understand that they will probably get some of them back. Jamie and I have talked. I'm getting my Dunkin' Donuts delivery again. This is great. <laughs> it's no, the biggest do, smile do keep talking, Luke. We're, we're listening, honestly. Um, it's do you like the powdered ones? When you don't have no, Chris Letang, okay. people can hear you talking <laughs> about the powder. Yes. Oh, sorry, hockey. Yeah. Well, we can go back to talking about the Blackhawks, but the West is basically, I'm to the point where I may not even watch the playoffs in the West. Yeah, I don't believe you. There's just well, there's going to be you Eastern Conference the right games, stories, Luke. Okay, but let's put it this oh, way. Oh, oh, just he called you out. First round. We might be able to matchups. tell if he's watching or not watching. <laughs> give you probably give me one in the East. Doesn't have to be Pittsburgh, but if you ranked the first round playoff matchups, I'm probably putting the Eastern Conference ones one through four at this point. There's no drama in the West. I, there may not be with the way Minnesota and San Jose are playing right now. That's They're just, the thing. Not yeah, how good. Did, how did we get to the point where the biggest challengers for the Blackhawks in the West are the Blues and the Ducks again? How? And they and haven't and really teams, gotten that much better. And neither of those teams are better than I'm the not, teams from two years ago or three years ago yeah, or last yeah. season. St. Louis is playing a lot better. They're playing they're different. Playing, they're playing they're different. Mike Yo has them playing a different style, and it's been effective. I would say the only team, if you somehow came from the future, and it wasn't Jamie because I wouldn't believe him. I would just think he came from the hallway. He was saying he came from the future because he's done this before. If you came from the future and told me that there was some some scenario where the Blackhawks didn't make it to the Stanley Cup this year, and I had to pick the team that beat them, it would probably be St. Louis. I might go the same route at this point. The way the, the way they're playing right now, that might be their biggest challenge. St. Louis, hey, they're only six points back of Minnesota, by the way. If yeah. the Wild continue to just free fall in the Central Division, 
They may end up in third place, play St. Louis in the first round without home ice, and be gone in the first round of the playoffs. How much do you guys hate doing the show with me this year of all years where I've been this right? Like, didn't I not say two weeks ago that Minnesota is not it's even a factor worse, in the, the West? Because <laughs> you're, so, I mean, if you weren't so humble about it, I, I don't think. Uh, yeah. Well, if you're Minnesota, what are you doing? Like, not not what are you doing wrong? What can you do to fix it? Because I have a radical idea, which I don't think would help, but at least it would be different. I would just rest everybody, honestly, at this point. There, well, there are arguments to be made that it, you've seen a lot of that. I, if you're following Mike Rousseau, what he's writing, they look tired. They've, they've looked tired for a while, but. I guess the question is, why? why? Why is this team any more exhausted than other teams? They've been rolling four lines. It's not like Devin Dubnik is playing more games than the top goaltenders in the league. No, really What's their, it, it sounds somewhat like an excuse. Well, yeah, I, I think in that regard it is. I, I wasn't even saying so much for the, the physical aspect of it, but just you hear so many times when you get late in the season, should we rest guys or is that going to kill our momentum? I would almost just try and do the opposite and say, I mean, if you if you took all the teams right now in the NHL and put them in playoff series, where would you rank Minnesota? I'd have them like 20th right now. <laughs> so you have to just mix something up. I would bring them all. I'd bring all my players back with like two games left in the regular season so they're not going into the playoffs cold. But I'd basically tell as many of them as I could without, I mean, you have to play guys. You have to field a roster. Sure. I'd tell all my main guys that are struggling, just forget about hockey for a week. Because if they go into the playoffs like this, they are done in five. Yeah, I, mean, I don't even care who they play. Yeah, I mean, and, and again, to, to to make the trades that they made, to be as good as they were, you bring in the high-profile coach, and to, I mean, the last time they had this type of collapse was it three, four years ago, where they were the best team in the West in the first half of the season, and they missed the playoffs. But, yeah. I mean, this is a case where, obviously, they're not going to miss the playoffs, but they're not that far away from, like I said, having to start on the road. Yeah, and that, that I, I mean, when you look at St. Louis' schedule the rest of the way, they play one playoff team the rest of the season, and Minnesota can't beat anyone right now. So the Blues really could catch them. I, in terms of resting, I wrote about this in my column last week. I'm surprised that teams don't do it more. Now, I'm not, I'm not for the Cleveland Cavaliers approach where you take all of your stars out of the lineup on the same night, but space it out. Some teams do it. Like, like I mentioned in the column, in, in Chicago, it's known as taking a Hosa, and it's a good idea. <laughs> It's a good idea, especially when you're talking about a guy that's playing on 37-year-old legs. Yeah. Make sure he's fresh. The what, what's the goal here? Yeah. Is it the goal to beat Carolina on a Tuesday, or is the goal to win the Cup? Going to the Stanley Cup playoffs, giving your team the best chance, making sure they're as rested as possible. I think teams should do it more. I feel like the teams that, that routinely have success have kind of figured that out. Mm-hmm. And, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like a lot of times if Hosa, if Hosa sits a couple games, it's... Maybe not Hosa. He's not the best example. But just in general, maybe Chicago will hold a guy out a couple days after he's been hurt. Just give him a little extra time. Let him bake a little bit more. What's the point of rushing him back? And, and they're right. not the only team that, that could do that. And I don't think they are the only team that does do that. But I just, in Minnesota's case, I just think they need to do something so extreme. Unless we're just seeing them go through their playoff swoon right now, and then when the playoffs start, they're going to think it's the beginning of next season, and then they'll be fine. You're saying they're cratering at the right time? Yeah. That's maybe great strategy. <laughs> maybe, I, yeah. I don't know. There, there could be panic in saying we got to get this figured out. We got to get this figured out. So they want everyone in the lineup, but that may not be. You may, you may be right. That may not be the approach. And, and it's tough with a team with no playoff pedigree. Mm-hmm. You know, if the Blackhawks were struggling this time of year, we'd say, okay, if they're already in, they're a team like, all right, we'll see what ends up happening, and we'll talk about whether or not they're going to be a cup contender or not. For Minnesota, even when they were hot, we were all talking about. 
It's a good team, but can they get it done in the postseason? And I, I just can't see if they continue to be anything even close to the way they played the last two, three weeks going to the postseason, especially if they go on the road to St. Louis. I don't know if I'll pick them to win anything. I don't know if I will. I'd, even if they have home ice on the Blues right now, I'm not sure I'm going to pick them because St. Louis is we'll, – we'll get to that in a minute, but the Blues are 11-2-1 in March, and they have – whoops, didn't turn that off. That's our magic number of the day, so if you call in right now, Craig will send you a picture <laughs> autographed. You'll get a gift. We can't tell you what it is. Oh, but okay. We can't tell you what the picture will be of, but it will be autographed. They have one more game in March, and it's in Denver, so I'm, I'm going to say they're 12-2-1 in March. Pencil that is an autographed yeah. picture of Patrick Lalim. Well, <laughs> hey, you can't put a price on that if you really think about it. Two teams in the NHL have won one of their last ten games. Uh, one is Minnesota and one is Colorado. So I don't remember the last time a team went in the playoffs, into the playoffs as – poorly as Minnesota is doing. Like San Jose, I, I would almost be more inclined to be like, okay, now we're starting to hit panic mode because they could still turn this around. I don't know what Minnesota's doing. Well, I, yeah, also, they don't have any pass to draw on, like you guys were saying. There's no yeah. pedigree here. So Also, the Sharks are four points away from playing the Blackhawks in round one. Let's talk yeah, about that. that I don't awesome. want to talk about that. I'm, I'm, still, I'm still telling myself that they're going to play Calgary in the first round. That's how I have this all playing out. The Blackhawks will play Calgary in the first round. Well, that's the setup right now. They would play Calgary, which is who I believe last week you called out and said that's who you wanted in the first round. Mm-hmm. It was and very, then they went and lost to L.A. last yeah. night. So well, thank you. As, as Luke said, the left. series even goes, quote, three games. Yeah, I believe that's Luke Lipinski from a month ago. The Flames played the Blackhawks. It was before Calgary started playing better. Now I would give them five how many, games. How many Canadian cities is that that Luke hates now? Three? I love Toronto, Calgary. Toronto, Vancouver, Calgary. Edmonton. Yeah, he's done with Edmonton. He's hey, hate Edmonton. That's right. He did say that before the podcast. Nothing so it's four. would make me happier. Let's get this very clear. Than the Calgary Flames taking the Chicago Blackhawks out in the first round of the playoffs. Nothing would make me happier. But I then would, you'd be wrong. There's so much I, I would love to be wrong. I'm only right about stuff I hate. Which is why my fear that Pittsburgh's going out in the first round worries me. Because if I'm, if I'm going to be right about something, it's something I don't want to happen. Nobody has anything to pile on on top of that? No, we're just no, going to let you rant. wallow in your misery. <laughs> Edmonton-San Jose is a playoff matchup right now. I would take Edmonton in that matchup. Boy, I don't know. I, I, just, I don't know yet. I, I'm, not, I'm not ready to write San Jose top, off yet. because Also, they, you take Edmonton's top line off the ice. Yikes. Yeah, I'm not writing San Jose off. They're not nearly at the level Minnesota is. I just, Edmonton, I, when you get a playoff series where the two teams are fairly even in the standings and one is clearly trending up and the other one is trending down, not like oh, some big picture like, oh, this is the end for San Jose, but just over the last three weeks heading into the playoffs and Edmonton's swinging up. If like, it weren't such a risky. veteran-laden team that's been there so many times before, I might agree, but I, San Jose is the kind of team that I think could just say, okay, it's playoffs time, time to flip the switch, and Edmonton has never been there. Now, that can go one of two ways. It can be like Calgary was a couple years ago, the, the and you can go on a run, yeah. yeah, or you can be a deer in headlights. And, and like you said, there's, there's still not a lot of depth on that team. No. Who goes deeper, Edmonton or Toronto? Edmonton's in, Toronto. Who's Toronto playing what, yeah, in the first round? Why is there a matchup? We don't even know that yet. Well, I mean, at the moment, they're playing Ottawa in the first round. At the moment. It'll be Ottawa or Washington. <laughs> that's a, that's, those are like bookends on that would impact how I view the Eastern massive, Conference. Yeah, there's a massively different... Uh, <laughs> I will say it will depend on who they face. What, what kind of car did you get? Uh, I'm down to either a Bugatti or a tricycle. I can't decide yet. <laughs> it's going to be one of those two. Right. All right, that's fair. I guess we can't answer that question. Well, there's some sick place in hell for Toronto knocking out Washington in the first round. There's just so just the chaos. <laughs> It'll be really cool, though. 
for everybody but one that particular Toronto listener. Washington first round series would be fun. It would be, it very, would be great. It would be very entertaining. I would much rather watch that than Boston, Washington, Toronto, Ottawa. That makes. I guess yeah. Toronto and Ottawa, they dislike each if other I so have much. I to watch Ottawa. I'd rather be Ottawa than Toronto. <laughs> It's like at least like oh, there's like a regionalish rivalry. Like, can we have a? Can that be a, a weekly segment? It should be the name of the we show. Just, if I have to watch Ottawa ellipses, and Jamie will fill it in each week. <laughs> you guys pick on me for for putting down teams. Jamie's the worst. If I have to watch Ottawa, and we also have seventy episodes of Jamie ripping Edmonton. Ottawa is not playoff Detroit since Detroit's been so bad. I can't rip them anymore because they're exactly where they deserve to be. Yeah, you rip them right out of playoff contention and into the lottery. I hope you're happy with yourself. Yeah. Are we gonna? Can we look around the east also, a little bit? Cheap plug. Do you want to do some news first? I, well, can I have so much news here that I'm just all over the place. Why don't you start where you want to start? Yeah. Well, I just Stephen Stamkos possibly returning this weekend is a big deal to me because Tampa's not quite dead yet. They're they're still in this. Three points back with the game in hand. If yeah. this season went like three more games, they would not only get in, but I think they would be in I mean, the top three. Also, Carolina's. We'll, we'll go. We'll start like them later. Carolina's doing this. This is the third straight year. Carolina's going to finish strong and Thank you. just to not make the playoffs. Yes. They should start winning games when they matter. And it's funny. If you look back through their history, what they do late in seasons, they, they seem to surge. But, yeah, not to make the playoffs. So. Remind, me not, remind me next year when I try to talk myself into them being a wild card team to just not. Just wait a week into the season. We yeah, all had just that. not. Wasn't that sort of all of our, our – didn't we all have Carolina and Calgary as our two sort of surprise – maybe yeah. not surprise, but miss the playoffs going to make it this year, at least make a push. Which I guess we're right. Carolina made a push. They are making a push, but they play Columbus tonight. So. Yeah. If they mm, if probably not going to go well. Could combine Carolina and Minnesota into one team, and have Minnesota play the first half of the season and Carolina play the second half. That's that's a team right there. I could get behind that team. Hmm. But yeah, Carolina. As we record this, it's seven one three in their last ten. Eighty two points. I mean, what they're four back of a four playoff. Of the, spot. I mean, they're technically still in the realm of possibility. But well, they don't lose, so that helps. Like you said, they're playing Columbus, so that. Hurts, obviously, but uh, they're <laughs> one of the two or three hottest teams in hockey. Do we think Tampa Bay gets in, or do we think... Uh, I don't know yet. I, that's tough. That, that team is so schizophrenic. They are. They're crazy. But <laughs> Well, they're injured. I mean, that's another injured they're, they're team. Gonna, they're gonna, like you said, Luke, they're going to run out of time. They're going to miss the playoffs. They probably are. Okay, but, but say Toronto's in Nashville tonight. That's clearly not an easy game. If they lose that game, Tampa Bay wins. Tampa Bay's two points back. And they're one point back of Boston. Yeah. It's, I, just, it's, it's still wide open. Tampa Bay's path to get in, I think, is, is through Boston. They also have a game in hand on them. I believe they play Boston at least once in these final couple games. So that's their path to get in. And obviously, if you get Steven Stamkos back, that's, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> that's, that's the Washington Capitals' worst nightmare. Yeah, said, said Wednesday at practice that it was his best day yet. And they're talking about him returning this week, and they host Montreal. And, and, f- and Dallas on Saturday and Sunday, a weird weekend series. And uh, coming off of that is their two huge games, at Boston, at Toronto, back-to-back. Uh, not back-to-back nights, but back-to-back games on the Tuesday, next Tuesday, next Thursday. I mean, though, you win those two games and you yeah. don't get obliterated elsewhere. You get a cakewalk with the Sabres to end the season. Maybe. And that game's in Toronto? Yeah, yes. in Toronto yeah. and Boston. Steven Stamkos goes to the place that thought was going to land him and breaks their hearts, or they say, ha-ha, we didn't need you. Well, they're going to say that either way, even if he eliminates <laughs> they have them. To, we have to win, what, at least 
minimum five of these last seven? Yeah, I mean... It, yeah, it, they have to get they have to go on a tear, but it's, it's a short tear, so it's possible. You need to win those games. You need to win Boston and Toronto. Or I, I guess you only need to run one of those teams down, but if you only win one of those two, you basically need to win all of your other five. Sure, but there's three-point games, too, or if you get a game to overtime, you're okay if you're... Yeah. They got Montreal twice. I mean, that's going to be tough. Montreal's the team that really... And I think the other teams in the playoffs already in the East would, would agree with this. Montreal's the team that needs to step up and put Tampa Bay out of this, right? <laughs> I don't think anybody in the playoffs in the East wants Tampa Bay getting in just because they would be such a wild card. They might go out in the first round. If they're playing Washington in the first round, they probably will. But there's that then sort again, of danger yeah. factor. Yeah, the team has played, made a couple deep runs. Well, be insane. <laughs> if Washington be. went out in the first round, it would be insane. It would just be sad. It would be sad. I'm just going to stick with what I've said all along that Tampa Bay gets in, even though it's not very, it's not looking great at the moment. But we'll see. You're saying Tampa Bay's not making it? No, I, I mean, all along, I've, you, you know very well that I have a, uh, a, a running argument with somebody that's not on the show oh. that Tampa Bay is going to make the playoffs. So I'm it's probably, not Dave Vest, is it? No, Dave Vest. absolutely oh, okay. not. Okay. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I think they're, they're at least making it interesting. Montreal's a team that has to step up. I think Toronto gets in. I, I can't see them falling apart down the stretch here. This will be the Capitals' 10th division title, assuming they win it. I think they're going to win it. Can we all agree upon that? Yeah. It'll be the third time they finish with the best record in the league. They've qualified for the Stanley Play- Cup playoffs 26 times. Been in the Cup final once. Never won it. Never won a game in the Cup final. Yeah, that was a terrible Cup final, as it turned out. Was that like 98, 99 when they played Detroit? The series was over before anybody even really sat down to watch the games. Yeah. Remember Detroit, Jamie? They used to be a playoff team. Yeah, I do remember. You know why? Because cheap plug, I read Craig Morgan's 25 moments from the 25-year playoff streak. Wow. That was on fanragsports.com. Cheers. I'm going to have to check that out. Craig just You should actually. Himself. It's actually a good story. No, I, I, Craig's a good writer. I, I see, here. see how nice it is to say nice things about other people on the show, guys? Oh. Eh. All right. I'm not a fan of it. No. Except for I had, like, the wrong Con Smythe here for Mike oh. Vernon. I was that, off, that, like, a decade. Right. No, it was, it was only, like, seven years. You're right. At least my editor caught it. He played. Who's your editor, Mike Vernon? No. Oh, because that would be ironic. Uh, do we want to talk about China? Ni hao. Yeah, I wasn't going to pronounce that. That's. I assume that said. Do we want to talk about? And no. Then it said China. Okay. Hello. Hello. Hello, China. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm glad they have time to send NHL players to China because you know the Olympics is just too far away. This is about growing the game, though, Jamie, yeah. in China. Yeah. Because I'm sure. I mean. A century down the road, yeah, there will be thriving youth hockey programs in China. The next Austin Matthews could be in China. Yeah. How about this? Let's you guys want to play a game that I'm coming up with on the fly. Sure. So it's bound to be great. Scale of one to ten. Okay. How how passionate are you about NHL players playing in the Olympics? I think we. I thought we already did this. We didn't play a game. We didn't. We didn't. Okay, we didn't play a game. I'm okay. sorry. And this I'm is sorry. First half this, is, this is your world, Luke. We're Craig, living in okay. it. Craig, Craig, you know what, Jamie, you get to go first. Craig has lost his privileges to go first. Um, seven. Oh, really? Yeah. You're that upset? Yeah, because I'm not going. To me, it's. I don't like. I like the Olympic hockey. I like World Juniors. I don't care about the World Championships. Okay. I don't want this to become like the middle ground where we just have. Well, I guess it wouldn't even quite even be full middle ground in this case. It would be more like the under. 20s versus what would this even be but the way it used to to be to me it's miracle on ice who were they yeah miracle part two they weren't pros that's true but i don't know it's a different era 
So you to, want to me, to I, play. I, I really, I think Olympic hockey, when everybody has been playing, it has been the most enjoyable Olympic sport across seasons. And I think that it takes a lot of it away for them not to play. Now, will I still end up watching it? Probably a little bit. But I, I don't think it's a, it's not a non-issue for me, but I, I would like to see it. Okay. You, Craig? I'm going to say four. Yeah, I'm like a two. I'm, I'm going to watch it whether they're there or not. Now, here's the second half of the game. How sick are you about hearing about the NHL and the Olympic Committee not being able to agree on this? Eleven. I'm a ten. I've, I've tuned it out, actually. It, I no longer read. If I see something on it, I just pass over it. Why is this such a big story right now with the playoffs a week and a half away? I don't know. I don't know. I agree. This is the sort of thing that you, you make a big story in the, like August 5th because there's just nothing else going on. But I'm, I'm amazed how much we hear about it. And so I'll do so my back part. to China. Yeah, we'll just stop talking yeah. about it. L.A. and Vancouver in China. When Makes sense. Give, give them the most Pacific exciting, Rim teams, come on. The most exciting hockey we could possibly they, provide. They don't know. L.A. Vancouver. What do they know? Well, you can't. You they know Los Angeles, Vancouver. So Fine. Edmonton, Calgary. If you want to send two people from like cities nobody cares about, but they might play fun hockey, it's Edmonton, Calgary. Oh yeah, what would be like just a good like? It's not a rivalry. It would just be a fun hockey. I would send two teams over that don't play any defense. Like Dallas has to be involved in this, don't they? Yeah, they don't really <laughs> play defense or goaltending. Yeah, it's <laughs> a great way to sell the game. Oh boy. Yeah, L.A., Vancouver is Dallas, Winnipeg. Done. Yeah, I'm in. I'd go to China for that game. You have a good mix of stars and a complete lack of any defensive awareness. It's it's perfect. perfect. Yeah, you don't you don't want to see Willie Desjardins with that confused look on his face while the Kings win one nothing. I don't want to be a cynic, but what do you think the chances are of embedding ice hockey in China? Just curious. Uh, we we do everything now on on scales on the show, Craig. Okay, so. everything. Two. So. <laughs> Every answer is going to be numeric. We have a hard enough time embedding hockey in the southern United States in a lot of places. What makes you say that? Well, I don't know. Just a couple different things. Well, well let me ask you this. Is, are they going to find the one spot of China that isn't populated and put the arena there? Or is it going to be near all the actual potential hockey fans in See China? what he did there? Yeah. Speaking in pure very, very subtle. Okay. I, I, would, would I don't he, get a numeric what are you truly gaining from this? I mean, you, you can you can say it's the world's most populous nation. It's an emerging economy, so there are opportunities. Just like any other business that's looking at China right now, you can look at opportunities. Okay, in the in that broad sense, I get it. But how successful are you going to be in embedding hockey in a culture that doesn't, doesn't care about hockey it. at all? Yeah, I don't know. I'm kind of. I lean more towards what you guys are saying, but I don't hate it. Because I, I don't think it hurts anything. You send them over. The, I mean, if, if you're going to go the NFL route and constantly threaten your teams that one of them's moving to China, then I would have more of an issue with it. But I, if it's I, just we're going to play a game over there and see if it, see what happens and maybe play another one in two years or whatever. I understand the thought process. Mm-hmm. I just don't think it's going to work. It's not the NBA. There's not an already ingrained, like, hey, we like the sport. We, I mean, like Kobe Bryant, to talk about this, is a superstar in China. Right. Even Stefan Marbury. Yeah, was say, so they're even Stephon Marbury. Stephon Marbury was a kind of a star in China. Starbury. But yeah, and you don't even, you don't have a situation like when when you put it in the South here, when you put it in the Sun Belt in the United States, we have other American examples. We have it, it's still a part of our our national fabric, so we can we can look to other Americans to say, okay, I get it here. You know, you can look to the Blackhawks, or you know, if you want to look to the Penguins, you can do that. Or some other franchises, but in China, it's going to go on for three months now. In China, we. You're starting from scratch. Yeah. You're truly starting from scratch. You always hey, say, this is a sport. We call it hockey. Let's start there. 
you always face an uphill battle when it's not ingrained to actually play that sport growing up. You can fight through that over time, but it's a whole different battle when you have to explain to them what the sport actually is. Yeah, and I, you know, we were kind of tongue-in-cheek at the start of this topic, but you probably do need to consider who you're sending over there. Like, I'm sure there are players in the NHL that potential hockey fans in China know, and I don't think they're Bo Horvat. Like, I'm not sure that they do, because the way the NHL markets their stars. I mean, we've talked about, I mean, I, I know it's a joke, but I mean, the, it, it's, I brought it up a bunch, but they don't market anybody. I mean, I brought, you, I brought up that story that was on NHL.com about that actively... You don't think Jordan Nolan will be a big seller? No, there? I, you know, I think, you know, he's just going to miss out. Dustin Brown, maybe. Maybe that's what they can do with the rest of his contract. Just send him to China to promote for the team. <laughs> Hand out flyers. For, for the hey, next six years. I used to be worth my contract. My name's Dustin. Wow. Wow. You see that? That's not nice. Right. No, no commentary. No, it's LA. Maybe not being nice. It's oh, LA. It's okay. That's true. Okay. Oh. So yeah. everybody's just allowed to rip L.A.? Like so. the city of L.A.? I mean, that seems to be accepted. If you're right? asking me, yes. On a scale of 1 to 10, I'd put that as a 10. Oh, yeah. okay. Yes. I appreciate you following the format sure. there, Craig. Thank you. Okay. All right. Are we done with uh, L.A. and Vancouver and China? Are we going to that? Is anybody getting credentialed for that yeah, game? Yeah, I'm, I'm not uh, I'm not sure we're going to make that trip. Podcast yeah. from China? Yeah, come on. Come on, fan rag sports. Yeah, don't, yeah, just don't rule it out yet. At least give us hope that we're all going to China. How long is the flight from Phoenix to... I don't know. It can't be more than like three hours. The right? east coast of China. Like 12, 16, 16. China's a big country, so it depends where you're going. I said the, the, the east coast of China? Yes. You did say the east coast. Oh, well, I thought you were saying like connecting flight out of New York or something. Because uh, it's always that'd be really again, ugly. The, um, I don't think if you were trying to fly from Phoenix to China, you would go through New York. I, I mean, I'm, I'm not, not a geography expert, Luke, but I'm just, I'm just uh, logistically, I think there's a. Uh, I'm not trying to tell people about Luke. Probably Los Angeles, probably. LAX. You can pick up the Kings on the way. Ah, listeners, is that part of the podcast you love? (laughs) That's open to debate. 15 hours and 55 minutes, by the way. Did I not say 16 hours? I have no idea what you said. I know you said you should go. You said 12. It would take a lot more if we went through New York. But if you want to revise it and believe you said 16, you did did say 12, and also we're not going through New York. Are you cool if I edit that? And I've met New York in the uh, Canary Islands. There's a New York out there. So, and you don't know. So you can't tell me I'm wrong. Yeah, I don't know. I don't have access to any apparatus that could answer that question for me. Well, that's your fault, isn't it? Uh, okay. USA Hockey? Oof. Women's uh, team getting paid. I like Jamie's take on this. I mean, we're in agreement here, but uh, Jamie, Jamie put this very... Jamie take yet. Well, he's, oh, he's well, about we to. We had a conversation before you he's got about here. To. I, don't, I don't like this, this teaming up that's happening here. I already like what Jamie's going to say. It was, it was coherent. It was, yeah, I'm it was spot on. Too. This Jamie? Yeah, this Jamie. I know, right? Like, uh, you know, blind squirrel. Kind of thing. There's only jelly. So go ahead. Well, well, first off, the news. Yeah. Well, okay. So there was. How long did that boycott end up lasting? That's a good question. I don't know. It felt like that that all came together fairly quickly. Yeah. Once once it became public. And they got uh, support from the USA men's team. They got, you know, there was NHL players tweeting out support. There were senators. John McCain was on board with that. Oh, you mean Elizabeth Warren? Yeah. Everybody pressuring USA Hockey. I'm sure there were some great senators that were on board, too. If we have to talk about the senators, let's talk about John McCain. (laughs) You'd rather talk about actual (laughs) senators. You'd rather watch actual senators play the Maple Leafs in the first round of the playoffs. Yes. So they ended up bumping their... Their annual salary goes from $6,000 to $70,000. Did I read that right? $70,000. Yep. At least that's according to sources who've seen the contract. Okay. Well, that's... 
That's quite the boost. It is, and it's a, you know it's a makeup for you know. And this is what this is what Craig and I were talking about before the show was, you know, that there's a lot of arguments about you know revenue models and whatnot. And but the problem is, is when you don't offer equal opportunity to the men's and the women's national teams, you're automatically in the wrong, and there's no argument that could say otherwise. Yeah, I, and there were, there are were basic services, as we yes. talked about. There are basic services that they were providing for the men that had nothing to do with the revenue that was being brought in. They were just the men were just getting better treatment. So that that is patently wrong. That it's easy to analyze that. But but yeah, when you go to the revenue model and say, and, and I get it when some people say, look, women's hockey isn't going to produce the revenue that men's hockey is. Okay, on that strict sense, I get what you're saying. If you're applying a market theory to this, yeah. You, you need to earn your money. But here's the problem with that. Women aren't given the same opportunity to achieve that revenue in the first place. And it's, it's culturally embedded. We don't even look at women the same way. We don't raise them the same way. They're not socialized to think the same way. And certainly men aren't socialized to think of women that way. And that's a huge problem. And that's what this is getting at. We need to, we need to start fighting that culture. We need to change that culture because it's wrong. It's just yeah, it's, it, it's prejudiced. Yeah, and, and it, I think it's maybe the biggest thing to take away from this is how is the actual just blind ignorance of, oh, this is just how we did things. Yeah. You didn't think maybe you should, especially with national teams. This is really simple. You have a men's national team, you have a women's national team. Promote them, book them the exact same way. Yeah. This is not like you have 30 different teams. Or, no, you have two teams, two, two entities. Uh, again, I... It, I'm glad that they ended up getting what they deserved. I absolutely am. Two, two things that sort of came out of this. One was <laughs> one negative for sure, and this is just a reminder to not go on social media unless you're ready to go on social media. Oh, boy. Was the amount of ignorance towards just women being allowed to play sports in general or that, that anybody cares. Like, to your point, Craig, yes, women's hockey is not generating the revenue that men's hockey is. That's 100% true. That's, that's just fact. And if you want to, like you said, if you want to come at this argument with that fact, well, that's a legitimate fact. That's the one card you can play. I was talking to uh, Nick Boynton from the Coy- former Coyote that's on the broadcast now, and we were talking, and I, neither one of us could remember the exact game. Wasn't it U.S.-Canada women's hockey in the Olympics last mm-hmm. time? It was one of the best hockey games either one of us could remember seeing in the last it was five spectacular years. spectacular game. Men's or women's. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when you're talking about the national stage, I'm watching, and I think a lot of people are. That doesn't, it doesn't mean that it has to be on, on the equal level in terms of viewership of, of men's hockey. But, yeah, you need to give them the equal playing field to be able to do what right. they're trying to do. And, it, and it, again, it starts from childhood. It starts in how we promote it, how, how, we, how we define women, right? It's, we just define them differently. And, yes, there are differences in gender. I get that. I'm not saying there aren't differences. But when you're talking about opportunity in athletics, it has nothing to do with it. It's, especially, again, this is you have... It should be equal. There is, there is no reason in this scenario, or like in college sports, where you shouldn't have that, that same opportunity. Yeah. I mean, they and, were and to if the... you're depriving one group of, or the other of an opportunity, you're only doing it for either out of ignorance or for malicious mm. purposes. Yeah, it's so. one of those two things. I think it was just one of those situations where that's just the way it had been, and nobody was pushing to change it enough. And they pushed, and they real. I mean, this is obviously very well planned out that the world championships are coming up so if you're going to boycott you boycott right before them and absolutely team usa was to the point where they were almost going to have to send rec league players well we saw the reports about they were reaching out to high school players 
That would have been such an embarrassment on a national stage. Can you imagine high school players going up against Team Canada? And, and that's, it's, it's not just that. It's the, it's the message behind that. Well, yeah. yeah. We would rather put that product on the ice than give you what we give the U.S. men's national team. Right. And you wouldn't be able to hide it. I mean, that's the thing. When they go out and lose 17 to nothing to Canada, even people that aren't paying attention just around the country that aren't sports fans would see that headline and be like, there was a hockey game that was 17 nothing, and that and that was Team USA? And, and then you would start digging deeper, and you would look terrible. So a couple points on this, and this is, I mean... This is following other models. That's the other part of this. There are other models out there that exist that USA Hockey should have been looking at and saying, huh, okay, maybe we need to get on board here. Canada's doing something like this already. This agreement includes, let me read from the story uh, on SB Nation. The agreement includes the formation of a women's high-performance advisory group of former and current players from the U.S. Women's National Team program, along with volunteer and staff leadership to meet regularly to assist USA Hockey in efforts to advance girls and women's hockey in all areas, including programming, marketing, promotion, and fundraising. That's in addition to a focus on grassroots hockey areas that volunteers of USA Hockey Girls and Women's Section have been involved in for almost 30 years. Again, Canada's national women's hockey team also has a similar coalition. Get on board, USA Hockey. Why did you have to be publicly flogged to get on board. You're, there's no way you can look at this now from USA Hockey's perspective and say, good for them. They got forced into this. They got shamed into this. And that, that's despicable. Yeah, it's, it's kind of hard to defend. Yeah, I mean, it's impossible it, to. And if you, if you play hockey on any level around the country, you pay a USA Hockey membership fee, and it's, it's not huge. It's like 50 bucks for the year. But, I mean, everybody, anybody that you know that's playing hockey – that's just playing rec hockey or pickup or playing in any rink is paying that 50 bucks. So there's not a whole lot of players on the, the women's and men's teams. You would feel like they should have already been at this point. You're right. I mean, on the one hand, you could say, well, they got it right. But on the other hand, you could say they had to be forced to do it. If they had just gotten it right, we never would have heard about this. Right. <laughs> so it's, it's funny. This, this, this made me think of this. It's completely unrelated. And I don't mean to rag on the Arizona Republic, but... The Arizona Republic did not endorse a Republican candidate for the first time in its history. And I was railing on that with, with some staff members there saying, that's embarrassing. That's blind faith more than anything else when you think about some of the presidential candidates that have come along that have obviously been, you know, game changers on the Democratic side. Mm-hmm. And, they're, and they're saying, well, you're, you're missing the point here that, you know, good for them for finally doing it. No, that is not the point. Look at, look at the blind faith in this or just the, the ignorance How about the that was at play in USA Hockey until now. Yeah, well, that was ugly, too. Yeah, if, if We don't ever, want to get that far afield. If you ever need to find backlash, just go on the Internet. Huh. If, you're just, if, you, if you're feeling too good about the world, just – and look, I don't know how much, how much hate you guys get personally on social media. I mean, I know there's the stuff I send Jamie, but that's got to be it. I don't know what you get, Craig. I, I'm fairly fortunate that I don't get any. But if you – for some reason, I have developed this habit over the last two to three months where I'll see somebody post something, and I'll be like, oh – it's going to anger some people, and then I click on the comments. I'm breaking my own personal rule and clicking on the comments, but they're not comments to me, so I feel like it's okay. It is making me stupider, though, <laughs> to the point where I use words like stupider that aren't even words. So, anyway. I uh, get quite a bit of hate mail. Oh, I'm sure. Most of the time, I enjoy <laughs> it now. There's a, there's a point in your career what? where if it's, you know, if it's uninformed or ignorant or just someone calling names, whatever, you just dismiss it because... <laughs> the person doesn't have the intellectual capacity to have an argument anyway. But 
if it's someone who comes up with something creative, then I, I'll probably laugh at it. Actually, that's that's a good one. Actually, I, I like that one. What do you what do you get hate mail for? Just in general? Being on the Coyotes payroll. Oh. <laughs> oh yeah. That's, that's, yeah. That's, that's oh, okay. Favorite. All right. Never mind. Yeah. That's uh. So if you speaking of Coyotes payroll, yeah. uh, where's your segue, Luke? Clayton Keller. <laughs> Wait, let's talk about Edmonton breaking a 10-year playoff yeah, drop before. Can we talk about that? That was like a Patrick Kane toe drag pass to me, and you called me offside when I wasn't. I don't know. I'm looking at the review, but it's yeah, inconclusive. It's inconclusive. Well, hold on. Let's stare at, at it for 10 minutes and kill the whole momentum of the show and then call it inconclusive. All right, let's talk about Edmonton. They clinched the playoff spot. 10 years. That's a long time. That was the longest drought in the NHL. By the way, can you guys tell me now? I'm going to quiz you on this. All right, here we go. Who has the longest streak in the NHL without making the playoffs now? No searching, Jamie. Well, Keep those fingers off that keyboard. I'm not searching either. I'm just pulling up a Go list of you, you have mind control on your keyboard, don't you? Go to the standings. Well, Buff or Detroit hasn't been there in a year. so that's, uh, Sorry, state of affairs in Motown. Is it the... Get, the, get, the, get your hands off this that mouse. This is just a list of teams so I can think of everybody. Are just you, so you know who plays in the NHL? Well, I just yeah. so I don't miss any. Okay. It's, is it Buffalo or Arizona? Is that where you're it's Buffalo. Okay. Buffalo has to Six be. seasons. The Coyotes and Devils are at five each. And the last time the Coyotes and Devils made the playoffs, they almost met in the Stanley Cup. How random is that? If L.A. had just lost one more game, they would have. One of those teams would have won the Cup and then missed I'm the playoffs. I'm pretty sure it three. would have been the Coyotes. That's yeah, how close they were. Yeah, we don't need to bring that up. But yeah. anyway, all right, 10 years before we, before we move on to how cool that is. And I do think it's cool. I mean, no city should have to suffer that long. That's, that's hard. But let's talk about some cities that have suffered even longer. What are the longest streaks in the other sports? Let's start with the NFL. That's the Bills. Yes, it is. It's also Buffalo. Wait, so Buffalo <laughs> has the two longest? Wow. Yes. Well, okay. hey, coming from Chicago, you know, least, I, I had that going for me for a while. It, so At least. With both baseball teams. As a Chicago <laughs> fan, though, Chicago sports fan, you always have a team in the game that's contending so you can have your heart ripped out quickly. Right well, I didn't earlier in my life, yeah. actually. Also, Until Michael Jordan came along, it really wasn't like that. Yeah. Uh, okay. But I mean, well, the Bears. The Bears won the Super Bowl in the mid eight. I just feel they like they always had a team. One. Uh, yeah, I mean, they won one. Yeah, no, they won one. They were did. the only team yeah, that won that in the eighties in Chicago. Like, well, the Blackhawks came along. Yeah, so yeah, but you've at least had teams. It did take a little while. Yes, the, the White, White Sox, Sox won in two thousand five. You know they don't count. They sort of don't. Yeah, you know they it's don't. True, count. although that team was cool because they had Ozzy, so they yeah, they were kind of cool. That was a fun team. It was. So it's like when the Mets are good. Like, yeah, that's nice, but you're the Mets. So because Ozzy didn't care. Ozzy just said whatever he wanted whatever to. Whatever happened which to him? Was Great quote. Where is he? He's managing in... Where is... Not here. Please the tell me he's managing the Rumble Ponies and wherever that no, is. No, the Mets Double A affiliate yeah. Rumble Ponies? No. So b- the Buffalo Bills have missed the playoffs 17... How, how do we end up feeling sorry for Chicago in this? We're not feeling sorry for Chicago okay. now, but... But I'm saying that it's how it used to okay. be in Chicago okay. before Michael Jordan came to town, and I'd still rather be a change the narrative for the city. Bills fan than a Browns fan. Buffalo Bills, 17 seasons. Okay, Major League Baseball. That feels like the Mariners. You're you're good at this game. Well, 15 seasons for the maybe. Mariners. Yeah. Oh yeah. That one hit a little home I'm for me. Lucas three for three here. I'm impressed. Yeah. So if you can if you can tell me who it is in the NBA. Oh. The Mariners had a very good season too that year. Yeah. Their hopes and dreams. Alfonso Soriano home run over the wall. Yeah, no, I remember that. That's no big deal. Uh, this might get back this year. The Mariners? 
They're, they're a trendy pick this year. Don't, yeah, they're always a trendy pick, and then they fall yeah, flat. I, I kind of like their funny. team this year. They waited for Felix Hernandez to be trash before they got Yes, then they got, then they were. While Luke thinks about who has the longest playoff drought in the NBA, Jamie's getting his last Duncan Munchkin here. So I get all there the three questions left. right, and I don't get a Munchkin. You're getting a Munchkin next. One. Thank you. I'm good. So I hit the mic with my face. I'm, yeah. <laughs> you can either have the uh, jelly, air quotes, jelly filled, or... I'll take the other one that I'm not even sure what blueberry. it is. The blueberry is the best blueberry one. Blueberry donut, fancy. There you go. I, I, I don't know who it is in the NBA. I tuned out when the Sonics missed. I, if I have to guess, I will say the Suns, because it feels like it's been forever. Nope. My guess would be... Do you want to fit another donut in your mouth before you make this guess on the air? He's touching. I would, but they're wore out. Oh, okay. He's on his keyboard. I don't trust him. That's... <laughs> oh, he closed it halfway. After he got the answer. <laughs> yeah, no, I would. Uh, I guess would be... Wow, this, this Sacramento? Is, is it Sacramento? They're terrible every year. No. Well, I don't... It's another city that really struggles with titles. Sacramento? Well, Sac- Sacramento doesn't have enough teams to even it's talk a, about struggling yeah. with titles. All right. Well, while Jamie thinks, can I talk about another topic? It's the Minnesota Timberwolves. Say, Thirteen Timberwolves? seasons will be this year, and they're going to miss. So. Wow. So there you go. But Edmonton ending this with, with the MVP, of course, playing for them. You're just trying to instigate me. I just, it's a nice story. It really is. I mean, when you think about the history of the Edmonton Oilers, granted, it's, a, it's an old history now. Yeah. When we talk about Gretzky and Messier and Coffey and Curry and Glenn Anderson and Grant Fuhrer, and my goodness, they had a team. It's been a long time. It's nice to see the Edmonton Oilers back in the playoffs, and I do think they can do some damage. Yours. You guys did this to me on purpose with the donut yeah. in the mouth, didn't you? You He's waited until I was chewing. food in his mouth. Jamie, why don't you say something impressive while I swallow? Uh, phrasing, Luke, jeez. Um, we just killed a 25-pack yeah, of Munchkins, by the way. You just, you just, you just, that was a 25-pack? That was a 25-pack of Munchkins, and we killed it in the first hour. That's true. It's probably not Are good. Are doing more than one hour? Look, I think it's a great story that Edmonton's in the playoffs. I don't think Connor McDavid is the MVP this year. If, if, if all the teams played in the same city, I don't think he'd win. But he is now, in my mind, number two in the race and closing the gap pretty quickly. So we may get to the point where he just deserves to win the MVP this year anyway. I do think it's a good story Edmonton's in the playoffs. But I do think there is a little bit of a inevitable sort of backlash from fans in Buffalo and Arizona and Carolina and cities like that that have struggled for a while that watched Edmonton get the number one pick over and over and over again. And basically, at some point, it feels like they're getting a handout. It's not like Edmonton wasn't trying to improve and working hard every year. And I will give them credit that the year that Buffalo cut any player that did anything well to try and get McDavid, Edmonton was still trying to win. And that ultimately got them McDavid, oddly enough. They just didn't know how because they were incompetent. Well, either way. But... <laughs> There is still showing signs of that, of course, with the Taylor Hall trade. But I heard Peter Schiarelli yesterday talking about how this is vindication now that, that they're in the playoffs, and that's why. You know, the, you're, the only place you're hearing that narrative is in Edmonton. Nobody else agrees that that was a, a good trade or it's vindication. Nobody believes it. I've heard it's, it. They're trying to convince themselves. I, I would just simply, if I was there, I would say, hey, we made the playoffs. Uh, we yeah. didn't screw up the pick when Connor McDavid was the number one pick in the draft. And any trades we messed we're up moving on the from there. Yeah, we're in the playoffs. That's where I would shift the focus. I wouldn't be talking about a horrible trade I made. That Ignore the man behind the curtain. Made it despite. I think Edmonton could do some damage, too. I would love to see Edmonton-Calgary in round one. I'd love to see San Jose-Chicago in round one. That's, I don't want to see San Jose-Chicago in round one. That's a, great, uh, that's a great scenario. Although I'm just feeling more and more confident about the Blackhawks all the time. 
I know. playing. I'm going to have to do the rest of the show from a different area, or at least okay. for the next two months. We, we've already killed the Blues, haven't we? We've, we've already talked all yeah. we need to about them. But how real do you think they are? Maybe they win a playoff series. They have had a pretty easy schedule, but, you know, since they moved Kevin Chattenkirk out, their power play has still been good. They're playing, I think they're playing better through the neutral zone. The In terms of offensively, I'm talking, there's more flow to their game through the neutral zone. The top line is just killing it. <laughs> Tarasenko and Steen and Jaden Schwartz, who's completely come back. Yeah, and their power play game. looks completely different now than it did with Shattenkirk because they're not going through the points anymore. It's down low, but it's allowing Tarasenko to work, and it's allowing Jaden Schwartz to yeah. work, too, and it's, man, I don't know. It's just tough. They're going to run into Chicago in round two, and it's not going to matter. Yeah, I'm with I mean, that. that's kind of how I feel about it, like, but I'd pick them in the first round right now, whether they play Minnesota well, Minnesota or... might not win another hockey game ever. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, we, we spent all season worrying about Bruce Woodrow getting to a game seven, and we need to worry about them getting to a game five. Or at least getting to game 82 the way he's going. I think the reason I think what St. Louis is doing is a little more real than other teams that are just happening to get hot or whatever is they did change coaches, which to me is a more tangible, hey, you know, there's a little bit of a different feeling in that locker room, atmosphere around the team. Uh, you know, it's not like a completely different system that was implemented midseason because Mike Yo was already there, obviously, under Ken Hitchcock. I don't always know how many of these rumors and, and the secondhand stories are true, but have you guys heard the story that Vladimir Tarasenko told Artemi Panarin not to come to St. Louis because he would hate Ken Hitchcock? Uh, Ken Hitchcock? I mean, whether that's true or not, there was some sort of rift there. There just, there, there wasn't, things weren't clicking under Ken Hitchcock, which doesn't make him a bad coach, but it felt like there was some sort of rift between at least him and Tarasenko, and you need your best player to be happy, and he is, and he's scoring every night now. And I know this because the Coyotes play them every night, so I'm seeing it firsthand. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I don't disagree with you that they, they needed to move in that direction, For, first of all, the when you look at the direction of the game, it's, I mean, St. Louis is big and heavy, has always been big and heavy, and that's fine. That can give you some success in the NHL, but it's not what's winning cups. You need to embrace this sort of skill that he brings to the ice and creativity. And so they need to move in that direction. Yeah. And I, and that's, that's sort of the reason that I, that I wonder about this. And, and again, with the coaching change too, I like what they're doing. I like the style of game that they're playing now. I've been really impressed. And like you, I've seen them play a lot lately. <laughs> I walked in. Jamie's just like, he's texting. Jamie's, like Jamie's promoting the other list podcast to someone right now. To himself, actually. Yeah. 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 Okay. I don't even remember what my anecdote was going to be. It was about my Can't count. believe I'm still on the air with these two bozos. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to have to cut the power and see if they leave then. But we're not going to. This is a I don't think you even did podcast. a mic check on me today. I could just be silent. You may not hear me the entire yeah. podcast. Oh, yeah. No, I haven't heard you at all. Okay. I'm just reading okay. lips very well. Okay. Can we go back to Buffalo for a second? Because sure. it builds off of what you said with... Uh, First time that's ever been said in history. <laughs> Can we make a list of all the cities Jamie has insulted in this show? I'm not welcome anywhere. No, you basically have to stay in this studio, which is why you're always here. Because I'm you're barely not, welcomed here, let's be honest. Here, that's, it, well, you know what I've noticed? Tolerated. The all bracelet? The, all the On people, his ankle? Yes. Oh, all the sorry. people that you would normally irritate in the office, none of them are here today, so maybe they just all moved to a new office. Is that possible? Yes, that's exactly what happened. Oh, look at that. Buffalo. Buffalo. If I may. 
We're not talking about the Bills now. No. Or the Sabres treat. We are talking about the Sabres, though, aren't we? Well, they're going to miss the playoffs again. Jack Eichel's averaging a point per game. He's about to pass his... You know, Buffalo doesn't have a baseball team or a basketball team. Otherwise, they'd have long playoff droughts, too. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> you think Dan Bilesma's there after this year? I, I guess I want to ask why people are certain about this rift. What, what made you believe that? I'm, I'm probably reading the same story as you are. Well, the suspension to me is black and white. Yeah, that's so I don't, fine. I don't, I don't know if that's what you're talking about, or well, Sam, we okay. should tell listeners what we're talking about. No, nah, they can figure <laughs> let's it out. Just on leave their own. it vague. Let, let's, let's just you know that look suspension. It up. Sam Reinhardt got benched for got, a game. For he, he got benched, but he had to dress and sit on the bench the whole game, which wasn't. That wasn't like some sort of elaborate punishment by Dan Bilesmo that they just didn't have enough players to dress right. for that game. But still, he sat there in his equipment for 60 minutes and watched his team play. So what? Support the team. You're still part of it. You're still getting paid. Support the team. What's wrong with that? Well, that's fine. His comments afterwards were not terrible, but they weren't great. Initially, they were okay, and then they got progressively worse as the interview went along. Yeah, yeah that's, that's probably a better way to put it. And if this team was going to the playoffs right now, I don't think you'd be making those sort of comments. But then... To hear a guy like Jack Eichel sort of stand up for Sam Reinhart in the situation. And again, he didn't bash Dan Bilesman, no. but you, you don't want to get in a situation where the players are unified against the coach, especially those are two of their best players, mm-hmm. if not their two best players, mm-hmm. I guess Ryan O'Reilly. But uh, I, I don't – look, Dan Bilesman was a great coach for a, a fairly young Penguins team when they won the Cup in 2009. It doesn't guarantee it's going to work in Buffalo, but if you start to try and figure out which coaches are not going to be back with their teams next season, uh, that's interesting because I don't know how patient Buffalo is going to be. Yeah, at some point they're going to have to do something with this this glut of young guys that we think are really good, and some of them have been really good, some of them are underperforming because they're just kind of spinning their wheels, and they're, they don't have the top, top, top end guys like McDavid or Matthews to be spinning their wheels much God, longer. that sounds familiar to me, and I, I'm trying to place it. Right? Yeah. Keep well, going. Maybe I'll figure it out. Yeah. But they do have Jack Eichel. I mean, he's averaging a point yeah. per game. He's not McDavid, but maybe yeah, they he's do. He's center. They may have a number one center. Mm-hmm. So. And a number two center. Yeah. At a certain point. Must be nice. They got sure. that going for him, which is nice. <laughs> which is nice. But they have 76 points. I mean, they're out. They're officially eliminated. Mm-hmm. They're not, like, the biggest disappointment in the NHL, but it's... They're a little bit lower than I Who is the I biggest thought. disappointment in the NHL? Colorado is okay. not close. Really? Yeah. It's not, think about what you thought of Colorado coming into the season. I, I didn't think, think they, they were a playoff team. No, but you thought they would be better than they were last year, and they're going to be the worst team of all time. Well. Not quite. But, I mean, they're worse than those. Right now, they're up to be much worse than that Sabres team that was actively trying to lose. That is disturbing. I'd still say Dallas, though, because they won that division. And uh, I think this is, this is the... In a way, yes, but if you thought, hey, what's worst-case scenario for Dallas, this is the exact perfect picture of it. If you said, hey, what's worst-case scenario for Colorado, I would have said like 20 points higher than where they are right now. It it is impressive what Colorado's done. I believe we all picked them seventh in the Central, and yet you can make a strong case for them still being the most disappointing team. They're almost eighth in a seven-team division at this point. Because a lot of the other teams are just far behind. Like, Winnipeg's disappointing, but we knew their goaltending sucked. Yeah, yeah. Winnipeg is just like we're just not going to fix the problem that we know is there. Winnipeg, I would be disappointed if I was if I lived in Winnipeg right now. Like I would be, I would. It's the, it, they got to get well, an NHL level. Wait for, oh, you mean for hockey <laughs> I team? Would oh, be, yeah. be disappointed with my team that <laughs> gotcha. scores goals okay. and, and doesn't win oh. enough games. I'd I mean, be they're right at five hundred for more reasons. Well, 
Ilya Brzgalov would be really disappointed because they don't have parks there. But for that team to be 500, with the way the Central's kind of shaken down this year, yeah, I feel like they should be knocking on the door of a playoff mm-hmm. spot. There's opportunity. So that I mean, obviously LA, especially with the way that Winnipeg handles Chicago, most times they play them. Yeah, you must be loving the fact that they yeah. only beat Chicago and then they don't get in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Would you rather play Minnesota or Winnipeg in a playoff series right now? Minnesota. Yeah. Minnesota can't do anything right now. They're trapped inside their own minds now. I think <laughs> that team is really fragile. Yes. If they don't figure something out over the last week and a half here, I could seriously see that team going out in the first round. You asked that question, I think. That was one of your questions for this podcast is, who would you feel most confident about Minnesota beating in a playoff series right now? So let's just take the playoff teams in the West, I guess. Okay. Like, so we're not even, we're not even looking at what realistic possibilities exist because they're not catching the Blackhawks, so they can't finish first and play. No, just... It's not even. And they're pretty pretty much locked into playing St. Louis or Nashville. Yes, right? yes. But just it doesn't even have to be based on ranking. Or you don't have to you don't have to tell me this is the team I most would like them. Just do you feel confident with them against any team that's going to make the playoffs? Confident. Because I I wouldn't take them against any of the playoff teams in the West right now in a seven games right now. I mean, look, this changes I'd if they go out. I'd take them over Calgary. Calgary, yeah. I'd take them over Calgary. I think that would be a Calgary. really good series, honestly. I think respect. That, that series goes seven games, and Bruce Boudreaux is sweating out game seven. And we've seen Brian Elliott. He can, he's capable of... Yeah, we've of, seen Brian Elliott. <laughs> we've seen playoff Brian Elliott, too. He's capable of being much <laughs> different in the playoffs, <laughs> in a good way. We've seen Brian Elliott's. <laughs> That's true. We've seen <laughs> a variety of Brian Elliott's. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, I, that, my, my answer is Calgary. Anyone else in the West hmm, right now? Yeah, no. No. Not feeling good about the Minnesota Wild. We, uh, while we're in the West, we should mention that Anaheim's one of the hottest teams in hockey. Now leads the Pacific Division. Oh, look, they're going to win the division again. Yeah. They always win the division. Don't are, they? Are they? Yeah, they do. Are they the most overlooked playoff team right now? I don't feel like anybody's talking about them, and we live closer to them than most people. I, just, I, I guess it's because I know that act. I know what... Yeah. The Anaheim Ducks are about, and I, they win divisions. They're fine. They've won a cup before, the, the though. Ducks, it's been a long time since they won they, a cup. It was 100 years ago. I feel like it was like 10. It's an eternity. I, I guess yeah. it was 100 then. <laughs> I must have been wrong. 11 years ago? The one, uh, what, 2006, was it? Are you going to give me a tech- technicality of one no, year? I'm just, you know, I'm just interested in accuracy as a journalist, Luke, but you, know, you don't Whoa. have to worry about it. It's cool. There's still accuracy in journalism? Yeah. <laughs> Jamie overshot by 89 years. All right, so we don't, we're not buying Anaheim here at all. It's not that I don't buy it. I mean, are we talking it as a cup contender? Yeah. Yeah, I don't buy it. I, um, I feel like any team in the West could beat any other team in the West in the first round. And so this is where I will come full circle and, and retract my previous statement where I said I wasn't. I was obviously just I had eaten too many donuts earlier in the show, and I said I wasn't going to watch any playoff series in the West. I won't watch the Blackhawks series because that will be a cakewalk in round one. But the other three series, no matter who they are, any any team could win any of those series. What if Chicago plays San Jose? Then I will watch that. Okay. And Chicago will win in six. But I'll still watch it. That'll, that would be a great series. I'm going to feel cheated if we don't and get I'm to see. And I won in 2007. You were right. It was 10, it was 10 years ago. Oh. So I didn't get you on a technicality. Carolina won in 2006. How did I forget that? Still, the year that we, we like to erase from yeah, our memories because. I mean, yeah. Does that qualify as an apology? Or? It is. Uh, okay. I apologize, Luke. You were correct. Uh, right. It was 10 years ago. Can we isolate the first half of that for future openings to the show? <laughs> Can we talk about the Penguins? Sure. 
What do you want to say about them other than they're banged up and they're in trouble going into the playoffs? I actually don't want to say anything. I've already said my say, piece. Can you repeat the same thing you said last year on this podcast going to the playoffs? Because I feel like it's just the same thing. I don't remember what I said last year. Basically exactly the same thing. Hmm. Well, I want to hear your guys' take on it. Are they going to be healthy? I'm not afraid of Columbus. Relatively healthy. Uh, neither am I. Really? I, and, I don't, and I don't mean that as I don't think Columbus is good. I just, I'm not afraid of that team. If I'm the Pittsburgh Penguins and I have all that star power. If you're healthy. Even, even if it's all Relatively power, healthy, right? Yes. And are they going to be relatively healthy? Is think, Chris Letang going to be healthy? Well, that, is, that is it. I don't care. What, I mean, I, all due respect to anybody else, I don't care about everybody else. Let, let's, right now, for Chris, it's Chris Letang, is the, as I mentioned before, the straw that stirs the drink for the Penguins. Yeah, no, I mean, Jamie and I are on the same page. If, if Chris Letang doesn't play in the first round, they will lose in the first round. I will make that statement. But let's say for the sake of argument here, he comes back for game one. I would assume Malkin's going to be back here within the next few days. You don't see a potential narrative where Columbus has had this amazing season. They're not going to win the President's Trophy. They've never won a playoff series, and they don't like Pittsburgh. And they're probably going to have home ice. You don't see them being able to galvanize as a team and winning that series in seven games? Again, if the Penguins are healthy enough, I still would pick the Penguins. I could see Columbus yeah, winning it. It's they, possible. They, of course, but I, I don't think they're as good of a team as Pittsburgh Penguins are. Well, best team doesn't no. always win. Correct. Seven game series. Correct. All right. Well, okay. That's why the Carolina Hurricanes have a Stanley Cup. It always comes back Over to that. the Edmonton Oilers. Yeah. I believe that was 11 years ago, wasn't it? Wow. One year before Anaheim won? Yeah. Good God. I will say this. I would rather if I was Pittsburgh. The year Pittsburgh. the Penguins were literally handed... The, the year after the Penguins were literally handed Sidney Crosby without doing anything? Uh, well, they were a terrible team the year before. Wow. I was watching guys fall over on their own penalty shots the year before that. Uh, they, um, I would rather play Washington than Columbus in round one. Because I think, <laughs> wow, that's <laughs> ridiculous. That, that's, wow. That, that's ridiculous. That's narrative-based. No, really. That is not based in any right. reality. Check in. But can I just p- explain yes. why? Drug test immediately following yeah. the podcast. He's well, been freebasing moon rocks. Craig? That wasn't jelly in that last Sorry, article, that was, was it? Crusty the Clown reference. I was hoping somebody would get I didn't it. I just threw it. it out there. Oh. Hopefully Dave Vest is listening. I we usually we insulted him earlier, reference. and now I threw him a Crusty reference. Little known fact about Dave Vest, if you insult him on the air, his ears perk up and he listens to the rest of the show. So there you <laughs> go. L- allow me to defend myself, as I do most times on the show. If you're Pittsburgh and you're trying to win a cup, you're going to have to go through Washington at some point. So would Unless you re- Washington loses in the first round of Tampa Bay. Okay. I don't think Washington's losing in the first round. Or Toronto. If, <laughs> if they lose to Toronto in the first round, there's going to so be... So sorry, Carl. There's going to be so changes sorry. in Washington. But, you know. I think Carl... that history. Carl would actually agree with what I'm about to say. If you're Pittsburgh and you're going to have to go through Washington anyway, and it's either going to be go through Columbus and then Washington, or start with Washington when they don't have any playoff momentum yet, when you can maybe get in their head, when you have a, a history of success against them that you haven't had against Columbus this year... Yes, obviously Washington is a much better team than Columbus. But if I'm the Penguins, I'd almost if I'm going to have to play Washington anyway, I'd rather play them in round one because I think that's that's when you can catch the Capitals this year. I, Washington either loses in round one or in the Cup this year. I love you, Luke, but that's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. It, it is that the Washington Capitals are no more vulnerable in round one than they are in round two. There's, it just I think that's that's completely narrative based and not based in reality of anything. And I, I hear it in sports all the time. Well, the there is no scenario where I'd rather play a better team than a worse team. None. Not one scenario. Well, but in the scenario I've laid out, you're going to have to play Washington either way. In their last five playoff berths, Washington's lost in the first round once. 
It's, to me, I don't think it's a well, if you watch Lost in the second round momentum in the first four round. times. So it seems to me like the second round is the time to get the, the uh, capital. Yeah, That's I mean, when they bow out of the playoffs. Okay. I, I just, to me, it's you, it, if you have to play them, you play them in the second round. Well, maybe I, I don't think there's there. any more. I don't think you say, no, we, we're, the first round, they're more vulnerable. That argument is for teams that haven't been there. That's for the Edmontons of the world. That's for the Columbuses of the world. That's the only way to say they don't. They might take them two or three games to adjust to this environment, and you could get ahead of them. Washington's been there a bunch. They, just haven't, they haven't been to the finals, but they've been there a bunch. I don't know why I'm so worried about Columbus, just, but I'm, I'm not. I'm not. Well, just they're a good team, this. so you should be worried about them. That's okay. I, I wouldn't be more worried about Columbus than I'd be worried about Washington. Yeah, That's man. I, and I because and if, I get if, it. If, I get history and but the Capitals. But Columbus's playoffs. They have, yeah, they have none. They have nothing See, I to, think, to draw upon. I think that works in their favor this year. I think that their first round, no matter who it is, their first round matchup is going to be their Stanley Cup. Because I think on some level, I, and I, I take that back. I don't think players think that they're not going to win the Cup this year. But we all know Columbus probably isn't winning the Cup this year. Just because the path they would have to go through is Pittsburgh, then Washington, before they even get to the conference final. But if they come out of this season and they've taken out Pittsburgh, or if it was Washington, if they've won that first-round series and that's their first-ever franchise playoff win, that's huge. They're going to be so just locked in, and they play Pittsburgh so well that, I don't know, I'm, wor- I'm very worried about that series. I would much prefer to be playing any other team except Washington or Chicago, and I think I'd prefer Washington in the first-round series. Mm. But we'll see. It's not going to happen anyway. All right, let me throw, throw something out at you guys. Of the top seeds... And I'm just going to, I'm going to say, I'm going to put four teams in this mix because I know the Rangers have the fifth best record in the league, but I, that, that feels inflated to me and we know what's going on with Minnesota. Well, I'll, let me throw Montreal in, so I'll, I'll, I'll put five teams here. Washington, Columbus, Chicago, Pittsburgh, Montreal. Which of those teams do you think faces the best chance of being upset in the first round? It has to be Montreal because they're going to play the best team of all the wild card teams. And play the Rangers. Yeah. I think the Rangers are a better hockey team than Montreal. Yeah, that's – I mean, they so have a better record. Fa- I mean, is that even – I mean, is that even an upset? Probably Rangers not. I mean, the Rangers record. have one more po- – or two more two points, points than so Montreal right now. So the record's going to be very similar. So maybe that's, yeah. that's not fair. I think that's not – that's okay, so the spirit of the question. Um, I think – Well, it's got to kind of. But be you're going to have you're going to have a, a similar matchup if you're talking about Columbus yeah. and Pittsburgh playing each other too. Because two of the teams on your list play each other. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what's tough. That is problematic. Maybe well, I, maybe Washington, just because I don't I don't think Nashville or Calgary are going to beat anybody. So, and I already disqualified the Rangers one because it's not fair. Yeah, I don't, I don't think the Blackhawks are going out in the first round. Yeah, I I don't think so. Not to those teams. So I, I think by default, because to say, wow, Ottawa's going to lose to Toronto, that's not going on any sort of limb. All, all the teams that you put on that list other than Chicago are all in the same Yeah, they're going to play each other. That's the problem. If they did the seedings the way they're supposed to, <laughs> and that's... The way they would work honestly, for you this I, year? Yeah. Translation? I don't know. That, I mean, Pittsburgh would play the Rangers in round one, so it's not like a cakewalk. Yeah. I would assume if they, if they did the seedings the way they just used to, you'd still give the the two division winners, the top two seeds, right? So Montreal would still be the two seed yeah. in the East. Mm-hmm. So you'd have Pittsburgh against New York, Columbus against Ottawa. Ooh, TV ratings bonanza. You'd have Montreal-Toronto, though. I mean, that would be yeah, almost incredible. incredible. Right, I said, which, which series is the CNBC Friday start time? Uh, okay, Columbus-Ottawa. 
Oh, we forgot to send our cameras to that one. We Sorry, jumped. Guys. It's like the Cincinnati Bengals playoff spot. Yes. The Saturday, Saturday, Saturday morning, morning or Saturday early afternoon one. Now, then now the taken C- over by the Houston. Then there's the Florida Panthers. Uh, start, you start your series on Friday on CNBC. Why that Jamie? I'm sure it was on a complete accident. Brings up a great point though. Why? Wow. Why, why is uh, why is Ottawa not a big deal to to Canada? I mean, there was so much made last year that no none of their teams made the playoffs last year. Now five of them are going to make it. They're not a draw. They don't draw in their own arena. That's the dirty little secret. Ottawa doesn't draw. They can, they can, they can. People can yell about oh Canada, we go to. All, they don't even go to the Ottawa games. So let's just say somehow Ottawa's the last Canadian team standing this year. It's, are Canadian yeah, hockey care, fans? Are they going to rally around them? Of course they will. Then, but, yeah, but yeah. it's not even that big a city, right? I know, but I mean, no. it's in a, it's in a fairly, it's right, not that far away from Toronto. I mean, it's, it's a little bit of a drive. How many kilometers is it? <laughs> don't ask me metric questions. Okay. You don't have to worry about the rest of the world. We're America. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Especially now. Oh, sorry. We don't want to go down that road. Uh, you've, you've started. You've turned down that road twice on this show. And then I, okay. How far of a drive do you think it is from Toronto to Ottawa, according to Google Maps? I have no clue. Uh, like Ottawa is Canada's fourth largest city, though, is it not? I mean, again, not a high bar to clear. But Two and a half hours. Possibly. Two and a half? I think it is. Four. Four hours. It's a bit of a drive. Yeah, right. four hours and 12 it's, minutes. It's Essentially, so it's almost like here to the Vegas Golden Knights. Four, four mm. Canadian hours is two and a half American hours. So I was right. Okay. Yeah, it is. 449.7 kilometers, in case you're wondering. I know you weren't, but in case you were. <laughs> four hours. Don't they drive faster up there? I remember they driving they, much faster the across Ontario on once, but maybe that was illegal. Yeah, can we retroactively... Uh, are <laughs> you going to need legal counsel for your driving habits? It feels like you're driving faster across Canada because it's just straight roads. No, I, I just was driving faster oh. across Canada. <laughs> no, I tried to help you. Yeah. By the way, if you end up... It was up, a long time ago. If you get pulled over, you just say sorry. I think sorry the statute of limitations has expired. If you ever need to fight a uh, speeding ticket, I would not talk during the case. Okay? I, just, I would hold up my, my NHL credential. Say, I, I cover hockey. Oh, in Canada. Oh, yeah, oh you're, you're the guy that has the Dunkin' Donuts versus Tim Hortons opinion. Then you'd yeah. be thrown in jail. It got me into Canada. I did not tell this story. Did what? I not tell this story no. on the air? I was on a road trip, and it wasn't even for the NHL. It was for the NBA. I was on a son's road trip, and I forgot my passport. And I had always planned really? to drive from Detroit to Toronto. Why didn't this come up in Vegas last year? Well, you know, because I managed you the forgot. situation, Luke. That's fair. I didn't, you know, sit in the lobby and beg for food for a few days. Yeah, it had nothing to do with his ID. That's what he does when he goes to Vegas. Yeah. <laughs> he, he spends all his money on frozen Moscow mules, and then just that explains the, the outfit. I, did, I didn't get it before. I didn't put it all together. I was the the most well dressed man in Vegas. <laughs> maybe so I'm on this road trip. I have to drive from Detroit to Toronto. I had planned to drive because, as you know, it's not very far, and figured it's better than dealing with commercial air travel whenever Customs possible. And, yeah. yeah, it's just an awful experience. So I'm driving, and I realize I don't have my passport. I don't have any way to get into Canada. So you realized before my, you even got to didn't the Didn't have my license. Didn't have my license. Didn't have ID on this trip. And I don't know how I did this. Pathetic. So I got to the border. The guy's like, of course, asked me for my ID. And I said, I don't know what to tell you. I don't have it. Here's where, who I am. I'm on a road trip. He says, so you're a sports writer? Yeah. I said, I cover the NBA and the NHL. He goes, oh, you cover the NHL? Like, yeah. And I pulled out my NHL credential, which I had with me, my <laughs> NHL media card. He goes, he starts talking to me, first of all, about the Coyotes. And that after about a five-minute conversation, he says, go ahead, just wave me through. Wow. And I mean, look at me, too, right? I could be a threat. Yeah. 
Were you wearing that Wesleyan shirt? No. Oh, okay. No. I don't think I'd shaved, though, so, you know, you that's that for the Middle Eastern look. I, I would not suggest trying that again, Greg. Yeah, yeah probably wouldn't That's maybe, maybe a one-time thing, but you had your Canadian passport, which is, of course, an NHL credential. NHL credential. NHL media card. That's quite possibly the best story I've ever it's, it's heard. It's crazy. It's, it's, it, this, it shouldn't have happened. Clearly, it shouldn't have happened. I don't want to get somebody in trouble. It happened so long ago, it wouldn't anyway. We didn't but say any names. We just know it was after 1996. So, yeah. there you go. Yeah. That's great. So there you go. Uh, I've tried to hit this story twice now on the show, and I'll try it for a third and final time. You want time. to interrupt him this time? He already did once. Okay. Clayton Keller called up in the last Ooh. seven days by the Arizona Coyotes. Craig? Yes? Have you spoken with anybody about this yet? Have you written any articles? Clayton? You, yeah. Clayton Keller. Is ringing ringing a bell? Yes. I feel like you and I just talked about this somewhere on the air like 12 hours ago. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Little guy, right? By the way, you guys are you're completely into the Royals are 25 games back at the playoffs part of the season right now with the Coyotes. Why? Just it's, hey, Clayton Keller's here. Let's have eight team stories because literally nothing else matters. You should have seen us in the press box last night in the St. Louis game when the Coyotes had, what, 12 shots on goal after the second period? And was, was we were trying the, to figure out what to talk about. It wasn't the best game that I've seen the Coyotes play. So, Clayton Keller, Clayton Keller, Clayton yeah, Keller. Anything. That was pretty much it. Nice you know what Clayton Keller had for breakfast this morning? He, um, what are your expectations for him next year? I feel like I'm asking next the year? same questions, yes. Next year, I mean, this year, first of all, people, I'm already hearing people say, huh, I just, you know, I'm not seeing that wow factor from him. He just got out of, he just got out of the NCAA tournament. He played three games in five days. He's flown all over the country. and Tough we were like. Crowd. I know, it's just crazy, city. it's crazy. He was used playing. to seeing the, the right. high-end talents coming up and down the ice. <laughs> really, in any sport. He was playing for BU five days weekend. ago on the weekend. at this time, and he's played two NHL games. And he played in two overtime games, by the way, in the NCAA tournament. Yes. And he was Those a, are kind of emotion-filled, pressure-packed games. They're a little bit tiring. Set up the game-winning goal in double overtime in round one against North Dakota. Scored BU's first goal in their loss to UMD in yep. round two. Then flew to St. Louis. Was practicing with the Coyotes the next signed day. Signed a contract. Practiced with the Coyotes. Got thrown into the lineup against his hometown team. And by the way, a team that, if you're a college freshman of his size, is not a great matchup. No. I'm writing about all this for Fan Rag Sports today, as a matter of fact. See how I set you up? It'll be up shortly. I'm basically your hype man at this point. Yeah, so you're playing a, a big, heavy team. Yeah. Not the best play, place to make your debut, especially when you're exhausted also, emotionally and physically. It was his first game. And he's a college freshman. Did I mention he's a college freshman? One game. Calm down. <laughs> exactly. And he wasn't on a line with Jonathan Taves or Sidney Crosby. He's with other rookies. They yeah. started seven yeah. rookies in his first or yeah. Not started, but played seven rookies in his first game. Here, here's the thing that I would say about him. I mean, I, I don't think he did a lot offensively, but I didn't expect him to do a lot offensively initially. I, I expected him to be so concerned about being responsible defensively and being that guy that Tip Trust put on the ice that he would go overboard doing those sorts of things, and he did. Yeah. I thought he was responsible defensively. He did all the little things. All those little details seemed to be in his game. In spite of his size, he's not going to be a guy who goes in and wins board battles all the time, but he's smart along the boards. He uses angles. He's quick. So he uses his assets, but he's not, he's not going to make this dynamic impact on the Coyotes immediately. And if you were expecting that, wake up. He just came from college. Well, Give the kid a break. This isn't even like 
inserting, you know, a 19-year-old into a lineup after training camp. He didn't have training camp. He doesn't even know the NHL game yet. No. He's adjusting from the college game a few days ago to the NHL game today. Within 24 hours. Right. With, not within 24 hours where he went into that game against Minnesota Duluth knowing, all right, tomorrow my NHL career starts. He went into that game thinking, we're going to be playing in the Frozen Four in a week or two, and then all of a sudden, 24 hours later, he's practicing with an NHL team. Right, and if they win that game against UMD, he is playing in the Frozen Four, and he's not a Coyote this year. No. Because those dates would have been right at the end of the Coyote season. So you and I were talking about this last night, Craig, but I think it, it bears repeating to, to this audience because I understand how the hype gets built up because he was the number one prospect in hockey. And the Hockey News put that list out a month ago. He was the number one prospect in hockey. So when he got called up, Coyotes aren't making the playoffs this year. They've, they've been officially eliminated already. That was obviously the biggest story around the Coyotes. But it was also a big story nationally mm-hmm. because you're talking – you're talking about all the playoff matchups and this and that, and you're talking about Toronto 97% of the time because they're the only team in the league anymore. But then you're also you're talking about uh, Brock Besser in, in Vancouver, and you're talking about Clayton Keller, the two of the top prospects that are now playing. And look, to your point, generally speaking, when a guy comes out of college and jumps in the NHL, he's not a freshman that's doing it. <laughs> so I get where the hype train was, was going pretty quickly. But you got to be realistic here. So what's a realistic timeline in your mind to see him making an impact for this team? Can we expect that next year? I don't know. I let him go through a summer of their conditioning program. Let him go through a training camp and get a feel for what role they want him to fill. Let's see who's going to be around him. There are a lot of variables right now. I don't know. I can't answer that question. And by the way, have you ever seen a more baby-faced player than him? I really haven't. I don't, I'm not saying this to denigrate him in any way. It just... No. I felt like I was talking to a child. Yeah. It was crazy. When I looked at his face, I'm like, you're so young. Oh, that's an awkward interview. It was, yeah, it was just weird. I didn't say it, you know. Oh. It was probably written all over my face. It, it, it definitely was. Uh, well, we saw him on the power play. He I has, did tell him to tuck in his shirt. Well, you know, just trying to be a good influence. Yeah. Stand up straight. Just tell him that, too. Uh, he's played, I think, four minutes on the power play in these first two games for the Coyotes. He already has his first NHL point which is saying something since the Coyotes don't tend to score when they play the St. Louis Blues. You and I were talking about this last night, and this is what I think needs to be repeated. It's a big deal that he's here for these final seven games of the season. I don't know if he's going to play in all seven, but he's going to be around the team. And like you said, if BU won that game on Saturday, he's not. So now he plays, he's around the team, even if he doesn't play a couple games. He has not only a mindset of what the Coyotes want from him heading into the offseason, he knows specifically, you individualize everything. You know, you get that experience and you have vets telling you you need to do this on game day and that or whatever and, and avoid this and your coaches are telling that. But you also have your own personal sort of adjustments you go through of, okay, yep. this is something that fits for me. He's going to know that going into the summer. That basically, as crazy as it sounds, these six or seven games, it basically gives him a six-month head start on next year. Absolutely, and the coaches will have film on him now so they can zero in on exactly what they want him to work on. It's, it's great. Yeah, I, Jamie's stunned. I just don't have anything to add. I mean, it's, just, it's, that was just next level analysis. So when we go there, I, I haven't seen. Feel him like live. sometimes you can't follow. So I haven't seen him live yet. So <laughs> really, no. Oh, you should come so, see him live. Should get out of his office occasionally. I have a special. Off. Well, I have a special tool. You can cut that off with. So. You've said too much into the microphone again. Uh, all these different uh, laws that Craig has broken are coming out on today's show. Well, he knows how to sneak across the border now. That would, that he knows how to speed through Canada, too, and, speed and get through away Canada, with that. Break the, sneak across the border, then break the law. 
Tell me that wasn't what the same Not trip. the same trip. Not the same over. trip. Okay, I was saying, so what would happen if you Different got pulled trip. over speeding? In NHL Canada with no identification. I would have told my wife to hop into the driver's seat. Mm. <laughs> Maybe next time shave. <laughs> Please give yourself a Or bring your ID. Oh. Any ID. Any who. <laughs> yeah, Clayton Keller. It would be interesting to watch. Uh, again, who, who's he going to be surrounded with? And that's, that's one of the big, biggest questions I have. I, and we've said this probably a couple times, but I, I really feel like, I feel, in some ways I feel like this is the Cardinals window is closing narrative that we've been singing for the last three years, which I need to stop singing. But well, this Cardinals, is a big summer for the Coyotes. Cardinals have one more year, I think, before I, things get crazy. I'm, I'm not certain the window hasn't already closed. No, that's possible. But with Clayton Keller, well, the bigger picture with the Coyotes, I really feel like this is a big summer for them. And I know we have the ownership and arena drama out there. But you know what? That's a constant. So let's just accept that as yeah. part of the Coyotes. They need to do something this summer. They need to do something more than just, okay, we're going to... You do need to acquire more draft picks. You need to continue to stock your system. Absolutely. That's been a problem. They haven't drafted well, and that's been one of the biggest problems for this franchise. So you keep doing that. You keep doing the development that you now have in place. You have a staff finally in place to do that, which you really didn't have until last year. Yeah. But you need to do something they in the need. summer. If, if it's yeah. at all possible to make a move, you need to, you need to make a significant move either by the trade market or in free agency, and it's probably going to come in the former because you look at the free agent crop yeah, and yeah. there's not much there. They have to find something down the middle. Or you need to move forward. Larson. You have to find one of those two. Take a step forward. Don't tell us again, oh, we're still building. Okay, you need to take a step forward. Yeah. You, need to, you need to compete for a playoff spot next yes. year like you said you were going to do this year, which was, you know, what every team has to say at the beginning of the season anyway. It probably wasn't realistic yeah. with this many rookies, but, yeah, you need to add some veteran presence if you can if, down the middle. If they use every pick, every one of the draft picks this offseason, it was a failed offseason. I agree. I agree. They you need to leverage some, some of those. Make a move for something. Yep. Even if it's only a guy that's, okay, maybe he's only a number two center. You need something. Yeah, because if you add a number two center that's established, then you feel comfortable with your two, three, and four Obviously, the one's the most important, but at least you... Maybe you can't get that. It's, it's, not, it's not as easy as saying, go yeah. get that and get and, it. They're, and, they're just not available that often. Yeah. So it, it would have to be via trade. So maybe you're yeah. sitting in a situation like Columbus is or you know, another team, some other teams that don't have a true number one center, but they're solid up the middle. Still, don't, don't let perfect be the enemy of good. Just right. because you can't find a number one center doesn't mean, okay, well, we're just going to go with three rookies and, and Richardson and see what happens. Right. Because it's not going to go well. What do you think is more – I'm completely on board with what both of you are saying. I, and, and, look, Craig, you're right. I mean, it, it, every year you're not going to come out at the start of the year and say, hey, we're not making the playoffs this year. You can't do that. But I think realistically, I think it's fair to expect this team to contend if not sneak into the playoffs next year. But that means that they are going to have to do something this offseason. Yeah, you have to add. With yeah. this roster right now, no, they will not no. contend. And you and can't I, say with a year of development this roster will contend. No, it won't. And I no, think because uh, with year development, Anthony Duclair will be a thirty goal scorer. Oops. Yeah. Year de- year of development, Max Domi's going to score seventy five points. I mean, you can't. That's not that's not disparaging Max Domi. He's season, actually looked really good lately. But uh, I'm not disparaging Max Domi. No, I know, but I'm just saying, saying like he, is, he has stood out lately. Is, is, sometimes people think there's almost like this video game like jump. Just it always gets year. better each year. It gets better each year. It's get better. Yeah, yeah, you so can't count on that. 20 goals and 50 points a rookie year, that means they're going to get 30 goals and 65 points their sophomore year. Maybe, Sometimes they take a step back. Maybe they don't. Or maybe, they, or maybe that's the player they are. But I, th- I think 
Dave Tippett's going to be really frustrated a year from now if they're not contending for a playoff spot. I think the players in that room believe he, he needs veterans in there to help guide those players, and that's what I'm saying. And, and we're, that, we're all that on the can same play page. Too. They 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 will need to add a, at least a piece or two. And if you add the right piece, I do. Th- I mean, because the difference now is with the prospects they have are not. Hey, this guy's going to be a great fourth liner for us. They have prospects with legitimate star power. But you got to put them around the right guys. Clayton That's... Keller could be a star. I don't know about next year, but he could be a legitimate star in this league. Brendan Perlini could. But Who's you gotta... he making plays for, though? Yeah. And, and these guys are wings, so you got to have a center. It's not just a matter of you got to have a center to, to make yes. a deep playoff run. You need to have a center to bring the, the best out in these guys. To your point, though, Craig, there are no centers that are available as free agents. Unless the Islanders are crazy. Well, but that'd be a trade. I mean, it, you're going to have to get creative. In your mind, number one center or top pairing right defenseman, which one's more important for this team this summer? Wow. Because I'm. I, I think it's number one center. Yeah, I, yeah. I'm not even but sure. But you're, you're not going to. You're not going to find. I. If they can, if they can magically work out a trade for John Tavares. Yeah, that's great. the thing. I guess it's, it depends. But, who are we talking about? I mean, what's what's. But they're not a guy who's going to play the number one center position or a guy who belongs in that oh, position. Look, if they had John who Tavares could, next year, we could all agree they would be a playoff team. Yeah, I, I would be. I'm feeling really good about them yeah, at that you, point. You accelerate your timeline yeah. at least a year and a half. Your playoff team that could win series, potentially, because he's going to make everybody better. That's that, I don't know if that's realistic, but let's say... I don't know if it is. If either. you add John Tavares, you're more likely to be next year's Edmonton. Yeah, I still can't believe the Islanders will be that dumb. But you, you, you know, oh yeah, you can, you can make the playoffs and win a series. How about a guy... And this, his name hasn't been linked to them. This is not like any sort of insider information. But just when you start to look at what players might be available in the expansion draft or which teams might need to make trades, what about a guy like Derek Stepan? Maybe. That, Maybe. that might be that he solution where you... in that role. Where you're, you feel like you're solid up the middle, right? If you, in, in, a, in a defensively strong system where he's the quasi number one because there wasn't a number one there. He's right, but you're, you're pretty solid. Your centers are comparable, yeah. one through three. Yeah, that, maybe that's that's a possibility. That's you know, a, that's a guy that could probably fit. Do you buy Lowish on Zibanejad? Can you maybe he's an RFA? Is he somebody you can maybe pry away after really not having a strong season? That's the name of the show, by the way. Lowish on Zibanejad. That's definitely the name <laughs> of this episode. Zibanejad. Yes, Lowish. It's got to be I Lowish. Mean, those are more realistic, and even those are far fetched, but more realistic options than Tavares. Than Tavares, We've we already, think. You know. There's no way the Islanders. Occasionally are GMs. There's no way. Occasionally GMs get stupid, though. Yeah. That. But that's like you. Well, and as we discussed earlier, part of this may be Tavares himself. You know, who knows what those negotiations look like? What his stance is? It, maybe it's clear he he wants to move on. Or I, if I'm not going to move on, then you're gonna really overpay me for I me to stay. I can't see John Tavares. And look, I don't know the guy, but I, he just doesn't seem to me like somebody that would take the stance of I'm out of here. I think it would be. I'm out of here if you don't start surrounding me with talent or at least stop trading away my friends that are good players on this team, which they've done in the past. But if it's a situation just simply where the Islanders are, are going to try and make the, the team around him better, I think he's staying. I, if you trade away a guy like that, there's no way you can get value back, first no, of all. you never do. And you've written your legacy as the guy that traded away John Tavares. And Oh, by the way, the Islanders are going to be much worse for years and years if you do that. So... Yeah, by all means, I hope they do it, but only if it's to the Coyotes. I don't want them trading them to L.A. or something. There's <laughs> no way L.A. could afford that. No. no. I don't know how many teams could. Final thoughts before we wrap up here? Centers are hard to find. Final thought. <laughs> we've, we've gotten back to that point. It, we, it, it, it's not quite find a starting quarterback, but it's, it's, the, it's close. So are right-handed defensemen. Yeah. Top-pairing right-handed defensemen. Make sure your kids like left tackles. Yeah. 
Make sure your kids grow up to be a right-handed defenseman or a left-handed pitcher. Are there? It's, it's a great point, actually. Are there? Or a seven-foot? Oh no, that doesn't really apply anymore. No. Never mind. Are there more elite quarterbacks in the NFL or true number one centers in the NHL? I'd say it's about even. It's pretty close. Yeah. And some, the difference is there's no NFL team with two elite quarterbacks. There's a couple hockey teams with some apparent yeah. elite centers. Yeah, there's some yeah. delusional people in Boston that say otherwise, but otherwise, but otherwise <laughs> yes, I agree. <laughs> and on that note, all right, for Craig Morgan and Jamie Eisner, I'm Luke Lipinski. Thanks for listening to the Natural Hattrick Podcast.